you look at presidential speeches or things that are highly cultivated that are reading off a teleprompter versus when they go like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech where he had notes. He knew what he wanted to say, but he was speaking from the heart. It resonated and it was a powerful, powerful speech, right? So there's power in being genuine because humanity is storytelling. You know, since the dawn of time, when cavemen or or whatever your belief is, started scratching drawings in the walls of caves thousands of years ago, to sitting around the fire with the elders of the tribe to today where we have podcasts and and TikToks and Zoom meetings and, and things. Storytelling is what binds us together and what really connects us. You sometimes wonder how other experts online always almost effortlessly create six-figure launches, although you have way more knowledge, expertise, and grid, and all you hear on your launch day is crickets? In today's fast-paced society, outdated strategies like launch and day will buy don't really work anymore. Attention is the ultimate instrument of power and leverage online. More often than not, it's not the most talented or the hardest worker who stands out. It's the loudest, the one who can create the most attention who wins the game online. We are the agents of change who learn to proven pre-launch strategies used by the biggest companies in the world to build deep connections and create lasting freedom for ourselves and our audiences. My name is Michael Hoffman and you're listening to Launch Into Freedom. What's up, my friend? Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome back to the Launch Into Freedom podcast. My name is Michael Hoffman, and I am so excited about today's episode. I'm always excited about these episodes, but today is a very special episode. Today is the first one of the Launch Into Freedom podcast where we have an expert guest on the show. And the first guest, the honors go to Nick Fitzgerald. He's a really good buddy of mine. We met inside of the Two Comma Club X coaching program. And Nick and I share a quite specific characteristic. We are both outrageously tall and we both have a background in professional basketball. So Nick is a literal giant. He's six foot nine tall. He is a Utah-based entrepreneur who figured out how to serve people using his creative abilities. As I mentioned, he was a former Division I and semi-pro basketball player, and he struggled transitioning from competing on the court to competing in corporate America. After many attempts in his different career paths, and he will talk about that inside of the interview as well, he finally listened to his inner voice that we all have, and he became an entrepreneur, and he founded Friendly Giant Films in 2015. Since then, he has worked on 14 feature films, two television series, many commercials, and he was a freelance photojournalist for the NBC affiliate in Salt Lake City as well. He has even acted in front of the camera in a lead role in an upcoming feature film, so I can't wait to watch that as well. And the reason why I brought him on as the first guest of the Launch Into Freedom podcast is because he is now a storytelling marketer and his focus is on helping businesses and entrepreneurs like you and me to find and tell their stories authentically. He specializes in leveraging their stories and experiences to sell more of your products and your services through video, building relationships and emotional connections between brands and their audiences. And he also has spoken on stages to thousands of people sharing his journey and how he used storytelling to build a brand from basically thin air. 
And a really cool thing as well is that he is also a best-selling author with the release of Million Dollar Story, inspiring many to take action and tell their stories and serve people at the highest level. I had such a great time talking to Nick when we had this interview. We actually, once we finished the interview, we kept talking for almost half an hour just chatting about storytelling and marketing and future projects and what's going on right now. And we were just on such a great wavelength. And inside of this interview, Nick will share a few golden nuggets that are actually really important and apply to many of us out there. He will share his story, how he went from professional basketball player to corporate America to food stamps and how he made it actually on the podcast of Russell Brunson. Not once, but twice, and he also made it on stage with Russell together. He shares the secret to become a good storyteller and why so many of us, especially in the health and wellness space and when we're starting out, why so many of us struggle to share our stories authentically. We also touched on why it is not always the best idea to be vulnerable in your stories and when it makes sense to actually share your vulnerability to get people take something out of it and give them a solution to their problem. Nick will then go through his nine-step storytelling framework that you can also download for free when you check out the show notes. I'm going to link it down there. Just go to friendlygiantfilms.com and download your free storytelling framework where he walks you through the nine steps to tell your stories authentically and how to get started actually to share your stories. And to finish it up, Something that actually was close to my heart was Nick is sharing a little mini framework, like a free bonus, basically, how you can use storytelling and your own stories to implement them into Facebook ads, not only to build awareness and for branding purposes, but also to sell your coaching offers, your products, your courses, and your services via Facebook ads and Instagram ads. All right, my friends, I hope you are as excited as I am for this interview. Get your pen and paper ready to take notes because Nick is going to drop a lot of value bombs in here. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview with Nick Fitzgerald. Hey Nick, thanks so much for being on the Launch Into Freedom podcast. You are in fact the first guest on the show ever. So welcome and thank you so much for, for hopping on here. Hey, it's awesome to be here and it's a, I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, should, we should make you a little plaque or a little award. And yeah, there we go. You can place it, place it in your background where yeah. like, added added to the, to the collection. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, for... The guys and the listeners that don't know you, you are the master of storytelling. So I'm going to put you to the test. And why don't you tell the story of Nick Fitzgerald and how you got where you are right now? For sure. Um, I love every opportunity that I get to be able to share any part of my journey. So thank you for giving me this chance. Now, I'm Nick Fitzgerald. I'm the founder of Friendly Giant Films. I'm a husband, father, best-selling author, and a storytelling marketer. I help e-com, excuse me, I help heart-centered e-com sellers and entrepreneurs who have products and services that they know change lives and can impact the world. And I help them sell more of it through powerful stories. And I've been telling stories and, and been obsessed and surrounded by stories ever since I was a little kid, really. Um, you know, in my office behind me, I have all these Star Wars figures and, and movie props and, and things like that. And 
It's just always been a big part of my life. But I never believed that I could have what I wanted and to make a living with my creative abilities. I just never thought that that was true. I, I worked in corporate America and, and all, of, all of these things. And I remember in 2014, I was fired. Actually, I was a financial advisor. I was fired for not meeting my sales quota for the year. And uh, I had to start over again as an almost 35-year-old with four young kids, uh, you know, deciding what I wanted to be when I grew up. And it was, it was a really hard time because we had lost our house. We were living in a basement apartment from a family member. We were renting from them. We were on food stamps and Medicaid and free lunches for the kids at school. And, and, and all of these things, uh, it was just a very frustrating time because I was wanting to, to provide for my family, like, you know, and be, fulfill my responsibilities. But I wasn't, I had no idea how to actually do it. But because I had up to this, that point, I had kind of lost everything. We had lost all of our savings and, and everything. And there was no way to go but up at that point. And so I decided that I wanted to finally listen to that voice, that one that, you know, as entrepreneurs, if you've run a business, you know, that voice that tells you to do the thing that you want, that screams against the be responsible and do the right thing, you know, kind of uh, voices that we have. And so I decided I was finally going to follow my passions and use my creative abilities to, to create something. And so I started a film a video production company. Uh, I didn't even have a camera of my own <laughs> uh, to start doing the work. I had to borrow gear until I could save up enough to buy my own. And I was so committed to it. And I had the support of my wife. She's an angel. Uh, bless her for all of the ups and downs that she's gone through over our almost 20 years of marriage um, and stuff like that. But the thing that's fun, and again, everyone who's ever jumped in and followed their entrepreneurial spirit knows that making the decision, that's a big thing in itself. But then making that decision actually work is something else, right? And so I was trying really hard to find clients. I didn't have uh, a network. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a, a reel or a book uh, to show people my work and things like that. And so I went out every day. I did work with the camera just to get better at my skills that way and look for opportunities to make videos for people. And so uh, eventually I started to get a few clients. And I remember my first client was a CrossFit gym here in Utah. And uh, they were wanting to tell the story about why they started their, their gym in the first place. And so we did this video. And I remember they paid me $250 for this video. And I, I remember how nervous I was to ask for that much money, right? And um, I, I went through and I spent hours and hours and hours and loved the whole entire process. The client was in tears when they saw the final edit and, and everything, and they absolutely loved it. The thing that I learned is that I was really working for like a dollar an hour, you know, with all the time that I was putting into it, plus all the gear and the equipment and, and, and all of those costs that I was borrowing. But if I would have owned it, like I have those costs too. And I was like, there's no way that I can uh, make a living and support my family with this. And so I just kept spinning my wheels and spinning my wheels, trying to figure out how to get business and how to make videos for people. But, you know, our, our journeys are always, they twist and turn and go up and down and upside down and all, all of these different directions as we go. And I found opportunities to be able to, you know, freelance, uh, do some freelance work and learn my skills and get better at them. Um, but then to build, you know, more connections and ultimately keep the lights on at home. 
but it it was it was hard work. I I freelanced for NBC here in Utah, telling news stories in a fast-paced environment, and I learned how to work with what I had in a very short amount of time. Then that like kind of evolved into working on film crews uh, here in Utah. There's a decent uh, film production community. And uh, like Hallmark does, you know, the 5 million Hallmark Christmas movies that come out every season, like a lot of them get filmed here in Utah, right? And so it was just one of those things that I kept finding ways to get better at my skills and grow my network so that I could ultimately make the money that I wanted. Now, as that went on, I was still, you know, we were still on food stamps. We were still in that basement. We didn't have the things that we needed. And I remember in 2017, I got a phone call. I was actually on set on a shoot and I got a phone call. I usually ignore them, but they called back like two or three times. It was the same number. So I found a time that I could call them back. And it was the state of Utah that was letting me know that they they were going to be auditing me to see if we had received too much assistance in the food stamp program uh, and these kinds of things. And I was just so frustrated. I had to turn in two years of tax returns and bank statements and every pay stub that my wife and I had got during that time for them to go through it with a fine tooth comb and try and find something wrong with it. And so it was it was really frustrating because I was working hard. I wasn't sitting back and like having lobster for dinner and, you know, all, all these things with those food stamps or, or whatnot. But I was working really hard and clawing and pulling myself out of the hole that we were in. And this felt like I was like, as I was getting to the, the edge of the hole that like somebody standing on top, just like put their boot on my forehead and pushed me back down, right? Through my journey, I've, I've had that happen several times where it feels like you're making progress, things are going the way that they should, or you're moving in the right direction, then life happens or, or some crazy thing like COVID happens and it makes you have to change your whole business model or, or things like that. And this was th- one of those moments for me. I remember I had a good friend that I had known since elementary school, since we were six years old. We hadn't really spent much time talking together as adults, but I knew that he had a successful business. He reached out to me and we were talking and he offered me some some very profound advice that changed my way of thinking. And it was all about using the skills and the network and the people and the, the things that I've been learning over the last couple of years and helping other people make money with my skills. And when I could do that and, you know, make it rain, so to speak, for them with my talents, then I would be able to make the money that I wanted. And from that moment, I shifted my way of, of thinking. And, you know, I'm, I know I'm, I'm going deep, but I'm glossing over some of the things in, the, in respect of time. But I started to be intentional with what I was doing, because again, I didn't have a community, a, a network of people, of businesses, that I could reach out to and say, hey, let's make this amazing story in a video that you can put on your website or your social media or YouTube or wherever you want to use it that helps build a connection to your audience. I didn't have any people that I could talk to. So I had to build that network myself. And so I started telling my story and being active and intentional in my own publishing. You know, we hear all the time that you need to publish all the time, every day or frequently and have a schedule and and whatnot. And I committed to that. And I did a Facebook Live every day for a year and a half. You know, I maybe missed one a day here or there, but like generally over the course of a year and a half, I did a Facebook Live every day. And uh, it was an incredible experience. Not only did I get better at sharing my message and my marketing and my branding and things like that, 
but I started attracting the right people, the people that had more than $250 to, to make an awesome video, you know, that had budgets and, and understood the value of it. And it was a, a lot of, a lot of fun to, to go through that. And long story short, through all of that publishing, not only did I grow my business and grew an audience and things like that, but it opened other doors for me to be able to speak to other people, be invited on people's podcasts or to speak in a virtual summit. I actually got to speak on stage twice um, at events that were put on by a company called ClickFunnels. For those of you who know that company, Russell Brunson, the owner of it, is that friend that I had that conversation with back in 2017 that repositioned and reframed my mind on how I was going about. But it's given me so many more opportunities to serve and connect and to help people because I was intentional and purposeful in what I was putting out there. And now I love helping people who care about their clients, care about the people that they, they feel called to serve and help them craft the messages that are really going to connect with their audience and, and build that relationship and open up those same kinds of doors for them. So that's in a nutshell, you know, real, that's kind of a part of my journey without going spending the next five hours going deep into it. <laughs> awesome, man. This is such a powerful story. Like I knew bits and pieces of it, but it's like, it just, you can feel it every single, everything, single step in your journey. Like you can feel it when you tell that story about it. And you really like live what you preach. Like when you follow Nick on his Facebook page, like he goes live multiple times a week, sharing his stories and like sharing his experiences and teaching people how you can share your stories too. You said something that stood out to me that you had this voice in your head that you finally have to follow your path, that you all finally have to follow your passion. And a lot of entrepreneurs out there have that voice too but they somehow struggle with sharing their stories. They somehow struggle with being vulnerable. Why do you think that is? It's such a great question because I've had thousands of conversations with entrepreneurs that have had those same worries. They're like, I know I should be publishing or telling my story. My, my favorite mentor or guru that I follow always says how important the story is, but I, I just don't. And there's fear that holds people back. A lot of times people fall into one of two categories, like 99% of people that I talk to fall into one of these two. And those of you who are listening, write down which one it is you are, but they either think, well, I kind of have just an ordinary life. I'm not very interesting. Who's going to care about hearing about me? I don't have interesting stories to tell. Or the other side of it is that they've had a life full of challenges or a lot of experiences, but they don't know where to start, where to begin, what to what to share publicly versus what to keep, you know, personal and, and things like that. And that fear worrying that either nobody's going to care or that I'm not, why me? Or where do I even begin? Those things just keep you from taking that first step and actually doing it. And that's the challenge is a lot of these coaches and gurus and, and, you know, marketing masters out there talk about the importance of stories. They use it all the time in their marketing and their sales tactics and, and their branding and things like that. But you don't get any real tactical, strategic nuts and bolts on how to go about telling a good story. So, you know, if you get that courage to finally get over the, I'm not interesting, or where do I begin? And you do something, you ultimately, a lot of people get disappointed because they try and it doesn't hit or it doesn't resonate the way that they hoped it would. It didn't have any results that, that they've seen, you know, from things that they've seen and experienced. And it just kind of, it hurts. It, it's a ding to the pride a little bit. And so 
rather than be uncomfortable and keep trying to do that uh, and learning and learning, they pull back. But that's what I see holds a lot of people back is just knowing where to begin in the first place. Okay, yeah, that, that makes total sense. So in your opinion, what makes a good storyteller? Really, like, uh, you know, you mentioned vulnerability. And I kind of feel like, I feel like vulnerability has almost become a four letter word because everyone's like, oh, I can't cry on camera, or I don't want to tell this super emotional story, or I don't have a super emotional story to tell. So I, people won't connect with me. I feel that vulnerability and being genuine, those two uh, factors are huge to help you really get going and tell a good story. Because when you're vulnerable, I feel vulnerability, especially in our storytelling and our marketing is that we can spend all of the time researching and writing scripts and, and, and all of these things um, and then publishing and putting it out there. The vulnerability isn't from putting the story out. The vulnerability comes that you cannot control what the audience does with it once you put it out there. Whether they absolutely love it and they resonate with you or they hate it or it goes viral for whatever reason or they keep scrolling or whatever, you have no control over what they do. You can. You can be strategic and intentional in what you're trying to accomplish with the message, but not everybody's going to have that outcome, right? So to me, that's where getting over that vulnerability crutch is that you, if you've published anything for your business ever, you have been vulnerable. So you can kind of like wipe that aside, but then being genuine, tell true stories, tell things that you have actually seen or experienced or learned as opposed to making up a story that will have some big emotional impact, but it wasn't really true, or maybe you you fibbed a little bit just to make it more interesting, because the truth always comes out. And when it does, you'd rather it support what you have been teaching or preaching or, or putting out there, rather than contradict it, because then you lose the trust of your audience. And it's almost uh, irreparable damage at that point. Like an example of uh, Jay Shetty a couple of years ago, you know, he's known for all these motivational videos and quotes and messages and things like that. But it came out that he was, you know, plagiarizing a lot of other people's messages and passing them off as his own. And it blew up in his face. And I think he's recovered to an extent. Right. But it's it's a it's really hard. So when you are being genuine in your stories. And, and telling, you know, if you get caught up in an emotion, that's okay. If you, you know, those kinds of things, because being genuine and being real when you're conveying an experience is what people connect to. You look at presidential speeches or things that are highly cultivated that are reading off a teleprompter versus when they go like Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech where he had notes. He knew what he wanted to say, but he was speaking from the heart. It resonated and it was a powerful, powerful speech, right? So there's power in being genuine because humanity is storytelling. Since the dawn of time, when cavemen or, or whatever your belief is, started scratching drawings in the walls of caves thousands of years ago, to sitting around the fire with the elders of the tribe to today where we have podcasts and, and TikToks and Zoom meetings and, and things, storytelling is what binds us together and what really connects us. And so, you know, when you can have that in mind and really think of the people that you're wanting to communicate with um, and speaking to them in your voice from your experience. That's what makes, in a nutshell, a great storyteller. 
Wow, that is that is amazing. That is really gold when Nick drops here. Um, you mentioned two things, being vulnerable and being genuine. When it comes to vulnerability, um, I feel always like you got to be careful with how vulnerable you are or what kind of vulnerability you show. There is this saying, um, show the scars, not the wounds. Can yeah. you speak to that a little bit? Definitely. And and that's a great point. And I've, I've heard that same as uh, Natalie Hodson is who I heard, first heard that share scars, not wounds phrase from. And when you think of it, you know, when I started my entrepreneurial journey at the beginning of 2015, after being fired and stuff, I didn't go around and tell everybody, hey, I just got fired from my job. And you know, I'm starting my own business. Like I it was embarrassing. All of those things were wrapped up in it. But as you move past it, um, you can then refer back to it as a point, as a starting point in my origin story, right? Of, you know, the conflict that that came into my life that put me on the path that I'm on today. Now, when you you think of things like if you've had a, a an experience, whether it's, you know, emotional or trauma or or even an interaction with somebody that sharing it might be even like damaging to that person's reputation or, you know, uh, you have to you have to be mindful of it. But you think ultimately, what do the people that I serve, who my my audience, the humans that I want to connect with and to serve and to work with? What do they need to hear? What, what pain are they in right now? What struggles are they facing? And that will help you kind of know from your own experiences, things that you've overcome that you can share that will resonate with them to give them a glimmer of hope, to show them that there's a way, to show them that you have the answers, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, right? And when, when, you, when you approach your messaging and your storytelling and your branding from that angle, instead of, you know, oh, I had this really traumatic or this heart-wrenching uh, tearjerker story. I want to tell it so that I can sell more product or sell this or that. Sure, you'll get some people that come in, but again, it, it seems manipulative in that way. But when you're being genuine and honest and, and having a purpose uh, behind the story, the path kind of reveals itself and you can know how vulnerable to get. Now, if you've never really gone into that, uh, of telling stories that maybe do have an emotional aspect or make you very uncomfortable. Maybe it's the first time you've ever shared something and you might feel a little embarrassed. Practice it. Have a friend or a family member, somebody that you trust and knows, probably knows that you've had that experience and just have them ask you a couple questions about it and just talk through it because you'll, it's good to one, just get it out, but you're going to learn and pay attention to, you know, their body language as they're listening to it. Um, how you feel as it comes out and things like that. And as you, you get it out, you remove that mental block that you can't do it or that it's embarrassing or painful to do it. But then you learn uh, how to be able to deliver that in a way that might get that same kind of response from a stranger, you know, where they're sitting on the edge of their seat or, you know, really hanging on or, or very interested in what you're having to say. And so identifying the types of how vulnerable to get and what to share versus what, what not to really is have an understanding of your audience, who it is that you really serve and how you, can, how you can help them and what pains or stresses or worries or troubles or dreams uh, and failures, uh, what do they have? And uh, how can your experiences support them through their journey? Because ultimately, any, anybody that you follow or anyone who follows you, they follow you because they have an emotional connection. Uh, they know you, they feel like they know you. Like, you know, if Tony Robbins, for instance, 
I, I love him. If, if he called me or I got a message from his assistant saying, hey, Tony would love for you to come to his house for a barbecue on Saturday, even though he's in Florida and I'm in Utah, I would make every effort to make sure that I get there, even though I've never talked to him and he doesn't know me because I feel like I know him. I have that connection, right? And that's what you can do through, you know, your stories, your messages and being intentional and honest and vulnerable and sharing, you know, your experiences and your point of view. Yeah, I always think that we as entrepreneurs, we are in the business of solving problems. And that's where I think the vulnerability comes also into play a little bit. Because when you share your story, you want to kind of provide a solution or you want to have a point to the story. You don't want to just share the story for the sake of like, because you don't have friends at home, for example, to to (laughs) get it out. So I feel like to every story that you tell, there has to be a point where your where your audience and where your ideal customer or like your community can actually take a learning from and implement it to themselves for themselves. Yes. So Absolutely. I think that's that's really important. Yeah. Well, and really quickly, the framework that I walk people through when I'm working and coaching them on building the stories, the first step is begin with the end in mind, right? And that's what do you want the audience to feel, think and do having an intention and a purpose behind it? Because There's nothing worse than being stuck at a networking event or a party or a family reunion. And there's that one person who's just talking to hear the sound of their own voice. And that's so boring. And you're looking for any opportunity to get out. You never want to be that person, especially in your branding and your marketing and and reaching out to your people. So having that purpose and intention absolutely is, is the key priority to even start the conversation and thinking about what stories to share. Exactly, exactly. You actually took my job away from me right now. You brought up a great segue because you had a virtual birthday party not too, too long ago on yeah. Facebook. And tell me all about it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Like, it, it's, it's weird, like, you know, as entrepreneurs, when we create something and release it to the world, sometimes it thrives, sometimes it just, you know, fizzles and dies. But um, it was on, I think it was Tuesday this week where it, my I, I launched and put out and published a framework to help people with their storytelling for their businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole PDF and go here and download and get your free resource, that kind of thing, which is the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And so, yeah, this week we celebrated the one year birthday, the first birthday of my uh, storytelling framework. And it's the nine crucial steps to be able to build and tell your stories in a way that is going to build those emotional relationships and connections with your audience and also speak in your voice and, and all, of, all of those good things. So it was, it was fun like to be able to look back on the last 12 months since it came out um, and all the businesses that have jumped on it and put it to work and uh, starting to use it for their own businesses. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. And I'm going to make sure that I'm uh, going to link the framework in the show notes uh, with this episode so you can go check it out. But why don't you walk us through this framework like real quick with all the all the necessary steps? Yeah, for sure. So the, these nine crucial steps are things that I learned through, my, again, my whole life's obsession of st- with storytelling, working on 14 feature films, two network television series, tons of commercials as a freelance photojournalist, and then as building my own business in marketing and psychology and sales and all this stuff. So that's where this all really comes from. But these nine steps are designed to help you, again, identify and tell the right stories and structure them in a way that builds connection and leads the audience on a journey. So the first step, like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, is begin with the end in mind. 
You have to have a purpose and an intention behind every story that you tell for your business because we're, we're intentional with everything else that we do, with our budgeting, with our bookkeeping, with uh, everything that we do with our clients and stuff. It has to be the same for our, our messages and our stories, okay? So that's the first step. The second step really is that every story has a structure. Every story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But every great story does very specific things within those areas that build just amazing uh, results in the end for the audience. Okay. Uh, the next step is introduce the conflict or the problems early. If you watch any successful TV show, movie, uh, those kinds of things, look and see how early the conflict or problems are introduced in the show. And uh, you do the same thing with your, your own stories. Okay. Next is introducing the key characters. You are the character of your story. There are other people that were involved in it as well. Make sure you introduce them because it gives more points of view, more connection points to different ways of thinking and everything as you bring people into your story and then invite them on the journey. That's like, you know, you think of the Marvel movies, all, you know, the, the Avengers and stuff. There are the people who love Tony Stark and there are people that love you know, Thor and Captain America, when you introduce other characters, you get different points of view and you can bring the audience and connect on lots of different ways. Okay, so after introducing the key characters, we need to name an enemy, okay? Um, every story has conflict and the conflict is brought by something or someone. So you need to name your enemy. And like I mentioned earlier, you have to be wise with it. You can't just like sometimes blurt out a certain name or a company if it could be detrimental or you could have maybe even legal ramifications from doing so. But you can still name an enemy that brings the conflict in. So after we name the enemy and things like that, we have to raise the stakes, which is the next step. So that's all about making the conflict more complex as it goes around. And in, uh, in my guide, it talks, I use the example of Star Wars how we are introduced to that it's a period of civil war at the very beginning. And then we see the ships fighting. And then we go inside the ships and see the fighting. And then the fighting going down and we meet Luke. And, you know, the conflict gets more complicated to where at the beginning of the movie, it was civil war. At the end of the movie, it's Luke Skywalker has to hit this target or else life as they know it is completely over. So the same things have happened in your journey. After things get more complex, we have to go to the next step, which is being detailed, okay? Uh, sharing details, sights, smells, emotions, the people that we're around. Details, uh, you know, they say the devil is in the details. Details give more connection points and really help the audience get immersed in your story and the, thus connected on the journey. From there, we go into being genuine, okay? You have to be genuine like we talked about. If you make up parts of your story or if you force emotions or, or anything like that, it does not go well and doesn't translate well through whether it's copywriting or audio or video or whatever it might be. So you have to be genuine. And then the last step, if you don't do this one, uh, you might as well have forgot everything else that we do. It's do it now. Don't wait. Which means you got you to gotta stop telling yourself, not yet, or once I get a certain amount of followers or likes or Whatever these things that we tell ourselves, you just have to put those aside and start right now because ultimately there are people right now that are searching for your voice. They need what you have to offer. They're searching for it. They're praying for it. They're hoping for it. And when they see it, 
they will recognize it and it will change their life. And I would much rather it be you because I'm a heart-centered entrepreneur. I work with heart-centered entrepreneurs. I know how much you care about the people that you serve. I want it to be you instead of that other guy who's just a lot louder and says, hey, look at this shiny thing over here. And he won't, he or she won't do as great a job for them as you would. But if you don't start, then they're going to win. Uh, and your people are going to possibly get help, but they're going to find somebody else when you could be the one that could make that difference for them. So that's a brief overview of the the steps of the framework. And guys, this framework is so powerful. I downloaded it, I think like eight months ago, and I had to download it in preparation for this interview again. And I went through it and there's so much gold in there for all the videos that I'm going to shoot in the future. Like I already picked out bits and pieces there. So definitely go. Um, I'm going to link it in the show notes and Nick will going to refer to it later too. And go grab it for free. But Nick, you just mentioned the last step is do it now. And mm -hmm. a lot of people right now probably think, okay, I know what my stories are and I'm okay and I'm ready to start. But how do I start? There are so many channels and, and avenues out there to share your story like nowadays. How do you get started as an entrepreneur who wants to share her or his story? Yeah. You know, you'll find your voice as you get more polished and practiced, of course, but you need to find the right platform. If uh, being on video terrifies you completely, but you also know how powerful the tool of video is, start with an Instagram story, 15 seconds at a time. You know, find any way that you can to just practice and find what works and feels comfortable for you. I'm really comfortable, you know, on camera and in front of crowds and, and things like that. So I've never had that, you know, hurdle to personally have to overcome. But I know that by doing small and simple things, great results can happen. So pick a thing, like if it's TikToks, where you can go, you know, anywhere from five to 60 seconds long, Instagram stories at, you know, 15 seconds a, a pop, um, a Facebook Live, or there are apps like Clubhouse, where you don't have to be seen, you can just talk, you know, there's podcasts and things like that. There are many, many, many platforms and ways to get your message out there that you have no excuse to say that, oh, there's not a thing for me to be able to do. You have to get over that. But to start to build that confidence and start to build a habit, I would just recommend trying a couple different things. See where you have fun. And wherever you feel like you're having the most fun, then you, you like can double down and go deeper into it. Because, you know, for me, I love copywriting um, and typing out posts. I love recording and doing lives and videos and things like that. Um, I like voice, but like, that seems more of a chore. So like, it's like, that's why I, I go on other people's podcasts instead of doing my own, right? And so really explore the, the tools and the assets and the resources that are out there. Find what feels fun, because when it's fun, it doesn't feel like work and you are more loose and flowing and fluid with it. So that would be my, my thing is just find something simple that you can just do little things at a time and then it'll start to grow and you'll get more confidence and want to get it out there. Awesome. Perfect. So one last question, because you probably already know that I'm really into Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and that's all everything is my jam. And usually we see two types of advertisings out there. It doesn't matter the platform. It could be YouTube, it could be Google. And there are two types. One is for branding and creating awareness. And I can see and probably all the listeners can also see how you can use storytelling to build bring the awareness to your brand and, and use it for branding purposes. 
But when it comes to advertising, you also want to have a return. You want to have it transactional. You want to drive conversions. You want to collect leads, attract leads and sales. How can you use storytelling in an advertising environment that actually is, to a certain extent, transactional? Well, that's a great question because that's one struggle that I come across when I'm talking to people with stories is like, okay, this is great and I love it. How do I use this specifically in my business to get, generate more sales? Whether that's you know through a webinar or an ad or, or whatever it might be. And the thing that I see is that honestly, you have your product or your service and it's amazing and you've, you've put it out there, you've done your due diligence and, and everything like that. Now it's time to sell it. And I found that storytelling helps reduce you know, the pitch fatigue, right? You know, we see, we, if you scroll on your Facebook feed for any amount of time, you're being sold all the time with stuff and you just keep scrolling. But every once in a while, there's something that catches your eye, whether it's a video ad or something, it just seems different. And I have found that that difference is there's, maybe there's a different visual hook that gets you to stop the scroll, but what keeps you there listening is a story. Now, it doesn't have to be a 50-minute or, you know, long video sales letter type of a thing. You can tell a story in as effective of, as 45 seconds for a video ad, and it's compelling. You just have to be able to do three things. Here's, here's a little bonus, a little framework, if you want, uh, for you guys to think of when it comes to having a story aspect to advertising, is you want to, one, have a good hook. If you can do it visually with fire or, you know, something like that, you know, something that just catches people's eye. Don't set your house on fire. That's not what I mean. But if you can grab people's attention with a great hook, then you bring up three challenges, three problems that they're facing up to three. Like you don't want to go get a huge laundry list, but like one, two or three uh, real problems that your people are facing. Say if you are tired of blah, 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 whatever it might be, then I have this solution. So you go problem, solution, evidence, okay? That's the format that I see work a lot with advertising where you can get people's attention and get them at least to click through to whether it's your funnel or a sales page or a video sales letter or something that maybe goes a little bit deeper. If you can hit them with a problem, tell them that you have the solution and then give them one piece of evidence that it actually works, whether that's a testimonial or whatever it might be. That formula works a lot. Russell Brunson, uh, an example of this, his book, Expert Secrets, he did a, a video and it's less than a minute long where he actually has a copy of his book and it's on fire. And so that's his hook. You're like, I'm Russell Brunson and this book is literally on fire. And then he goes about, if you want to be able to do, make money and blah, 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 you know, with your skills and your expertise, then this book is got, has got the formula for you, right? And then, you know, he goes into saying how I've got a whole bunch of copies, you can get it for free, you know, all of those kinds of things, and hits the results again. So that's how I see you can use storytelling. And again, it doesn't have to be some narrative epic journey story, because you've only got a few seconds with an ad. But that's a way to be able to at least get them hooked, pixel them, retarget them, if nothing else, but then you can draw them in to, you know, a bigger, deeper story. And that's one of the things I do with my video clients is we'll have like our two or three minute main video that we tell, but then I'll pull out little, you know, 15 to 60 second snippets that they then can use as video ads. I call them social hooks. 
um, that they can use as an Instagram story or whatever to give a little bit of the story to hook them and bring them into the main thing. So that's, that's my philosophy anyway, how I approach it. That's awesome though. Like I think I have to rewatch that and re-listen to it because that's actually something that I could like implement in, in my day-to-day work. And you mentioned hooks. Hooks are so important for ads. I feel like you just have to keep like a little notebook with you all day um, and just write down hooks and everything that you see um, that catches your attention. Like even when you scroll through your Facebook feed or through your Instagram feed, take note of what stands out and what actually makes you stop because that's then what you could use or you could model for your own ads. Well, and, and, and to think of it as well, like, you know, I talk about begin with the end in mind in my framework where you kind of do this thing and you can work backwards and identify the story. The same with hook story offer. You have your offer. You have the story about why you created this thing or what this thing does for people. When you have that story like really dialed in and, and you know it, you start to develop hooks a lot easier as opposed to like, okay, let me think about a bunch of hooks and then a story that supports it. Create the story, focus on the story, and then the hooks are easier to be able to connect to the story uh, on the front end. So I kind of work backwards with it, you know, uh, with the hook story offer when actually building it. Obviously, the, the delivery goes in that hook story offer order, but. I found that when I have the story really identified and clear, then the hooks become easier to, to create as well. Awesome. Awesome. Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, it was a pleasure to chat with you. It was really amazing. Do you have any last bits and pieces and a little bit of ice? I know you dropped like this little bonus framework for us right now, but anything that you want to tell the, the listeners and where they can find you and where they can actually find your story, storytelling framework. Yeah. So first thing is like your story is needed. It's wanted. Like people love it. Don't ever feel like it, it's not something that will be interesting to people. If you've ever spent any amount of time watching the bonus features on any movie uh, or behind the scenes things or documentary stuff, like that's it's human nature. We are inquisitive. We like to know the stories and the reason behind things. So if there's one thing I could leave with you is to just please tell your story, be intentional with it, and think of the people that you are called to serve in this world when you're creating those stories, because they are the ones that are in need of it right now. And you'll, get, you'll, you'll learn a lot about yourself in the process, okay? So just overcome, stop, stop being a baby, you know, um, but you are meant to serve and help other people and they are craving and just waiting for your stories, your experiences, your expertise. And uh, you, you will just be blown away by the amount of how much your relationships, personal and business, but like your revenue and everything just like levels up when you really make story your focus. Not saying that you let everything else fall by the wayside, but it will really, really make a huge difference to the people that you serve. So there's that. And if you if you need that help to get started, because I know I know the the head, the trash talk that goes on in our heads, you can go to friendlygiantfilms.com and get that storytelling framework that we went through earlier <clears throat> in a free PDF that goes deeper into it than what I what I did uh, in our short amount of time today. So that will help you at least have the courage and, and uh, ability and some tactics on how to put the first step forward in putting your messaging out there. So do it. You can do it. Awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
and I'll see you guys in the next episode. All right, all right, all right. Thanks so much for listening in on this week's episode of the Launch Into Freedom podcast. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you a health, wellness, or fitness expert who uses Facebook and Instagram ads to promote your offer? And are you sometimes struggling with low click-through rates and inconsistent results? Then you will love this brand new training I just released for free. It's called the Magnetic Facebook Ads Blueprint. And in there, I will show you the seven steps we use in our agency, but also for our clients and students to create highly clickable Facebook and Instagram ads copy and creatives that not only draw in your ideal customer, but actually convert them into leads and sales. Just go to launchintofreedom.co and get free access to the training. That is launchintofreedom.co for your free magnetic Facebook ads blueprint.